Have you ever thought about what it takes to grow an impressive following on social media platforms like YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn? How about the effort and strategy behind turning that following into a source of income? Welcome to the Influencer Breakdown Podcast with your hosts, Dan Pinkard and Jake Potter Rivera. This is your place to hear from and learn about the people who have made it as influencers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the podcast. This week, we're going to take it back to TikTok, where we all started. Yeah, we're going to be talking about somebody very similar to Charlie D'Amelio. Uh, we're going to be talking remember from our first episode. Yeah, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. You can start there if you want or listen to it after this one. Uh, we're going to be talking about Addison Ray. Yeah, an up-and-coming um, star. Well, I don't want to say up and coming as much as her her success is just growing so fast that it almost looks as if she's up and coming. But she's already established a name for herself, and she's she's um, very similar to Charlie D'Amelio. She's a TikToker. Um, I'll just run through some of the simple you know stats that we like to mention in the beginning of the episode. She's got over forty four million followers on TikTok. That's the fourth most in the entire world, and TikTok is the one above one of the accounts above her. So imagine that. Um, she's got two and a quarter million subscribers on YouTube, 19 million Instagram followers, and two million Twitter followers. Those are some incredible stats. Yeah, it's when we talked about Charlie D'Amelio, like she, Charlie has more than Addison Ray, uh, but not by that much. And Charlie yeah. is, I, I don't know where Charlie lands on that top five. Uh, She's spectrum. number one. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought she yeah. was. I didn't know if it was yeah. one too. Um, but Addison Ray blew up super quickly, like very, very fast, and yeah. got to the point where she's she's getting close to where Charlie D'Amelio is. Yeah, and I think that her rate of growth currently is either matching or even slightly higher than Charlie D'Amelio. So what you're seeing ultimately is that she is in a position where I'm not going to say that she can overtake Charlie D'Amelio and TikTok followers sooner um, than not, but She's definitely somebody who is competing for that that top TikTok follower spot. Yeah, and uh, she is not quite as young as Charlie D'Amelio, uh, but she still is young. She's 19 years old, hmm. and so it's it's obviously when you're what is Charlie? What did we say? She just turned 15. Yeah, I think it was 15 or 16. 16th birthday, I think. Okay, yeah. So she just turned 16, and so that's even even crazier uh, for somebody Charlie's age. But I mean. Uh, Addison is still young for for growing so fast and, and having so many followers on on social media platforms. Yeah, so she's she's a 19 year old. She was born in Louisiana. Um, she started TikTok just a year ago in July, uh, which is just I mean it hasn't even been an entire year since she's been doing kind of internet content. She hasn't been an internet content creator for more than a year. So if you if you you know listen to this podcast at all, you understand you know that basically. You know, quality content over time is going to equal success. Well, this is a scenario, and we see this often with TikTok, and that's why it's so amazing to us where it's not necessarily quality content over time as much as it's intriguing content and viral success handled well. And that's exactly what she's doing. You know, for being on TikTok less than a year, and then you have some of these incredible follower stats. I mean, it's just amazing. It's mind blowing every single time. Even though we've talked about Charlie D'Amelio, even though we've seen the success in multiple people, it's just amazing how fast these people are growing. Yeah. And I actually, uh, I said something to my wife, I don't know, maybe, maybe two years ago, right when TikTok, when they were saying TikTok is the new social media platform, it's, it's up and coming. And there were just a few people, you're, you, you hear about a couple people joining it. Some people are starting to post videos, but it wasn't super popular. 
I said to my wife, like, hey, we should maybe jump on this train and, and try to get there before everyone else does. You um, missed it. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. But uh, it, is, it is pretty crazy seeing how that actually did come to life. And TikTok has become that viral platform where somebody could just blow up in a short amount of time and become, become famous on other platforms, too. Yeah. I think that just the just right now, the clout behind TikTok is something that is so powerful. You know, like, I mean, the the term YouTuber, that's such a common thing now. You know, I think that even my parents know that there is such a thing as a YouTuber, somebody who just creates YouTube content for a living. But this whole idea of now you're a TikToker, you know, you're a TikTok content creator, and that's your full-time job, and you're making just as much money, you're you know, you're putting in the work, the effort, and you're just the viral success is there, the long term success is there, the platform is is very well established right now. And it's amazing to see because, and this is what I want to reference it to, is TikTok is part of a collabor is part of a uh, merger between a Chinese company, TikTok, and Musically, the old app. And one thing is that I don't ever remember that there were any professional or or full time Musically people. Now, I wasn't super into Musically, but I just, in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, Musical.ly did not have the same effect that TikTok is having at yeah, all. You know, yeah. It was like the precursor and kind of led up to what TikTok is now, but it definitely didn't have the same effect. Most people, when, when TikTok was becoming a thing, most people that I heard talk about it were like, oh, that's just Musical.ly with a changed name. No big yep. deal. Nobody really cares about it. Uh, but obviously that's not what ended up happening. Uh, but that just goes to show that Musical.ly did kind of have that just nobody really thought it was very significant. Nobody, nobody really cared about Musical.ly. Yeah, not that, not that it wasn't being used, but it was just a scenario where it didn't blow up into this household, everybody gets it app. And let me tell you something. I was super reluctant to get TikTok, and I think that everybody should be reluctant to get TikTok only because it's so <laughs> addicting. You know, like yeah. you might download it on your phone and then end up spending all day. And next thing you know, it's been a week since you downloaded it and you haven't left your phone, you know? <laughs> um, because it, it, it I mean, Man, the format is amazing. Like the way that the for you page and the way that you can just scroll endlessly and endlessly and receive these little bites and you could just you could follow trends and see different dances and see see different, you know, popular things and there's, you know, to tons of different creators and actually something that my wife always picks on me for is that when I'm scrolling TikTok, I'll stop and I'll watch an ad because I can't tell the difference between an ad and a regular TikTok. And yeah. she'll go she'll be like, "Hey, that's a sponsor. That's an ad right there." I'm like, "Oh, I thought it was just a fun TikTok about this like <laughs> That's whatever. some good advertising you know, some, right there." Though. Yeah, but it just shows like the platform has it they've really hit the nail on the head with a with a fast, you know, bite-sized uh, social media sharing platform, video platform. Yeah, well, and their algorithm is very, very good too. It's very targeted with the content that it's showing you on your, on your For You page. Like when, so I don't, I don't actually sit there. I haven't, I haven't been the person who downloaded TikTok and got addicted to it, but um, sometimes I will watch TikToks with my wife. And as she's scrolling through, I'm like, wow, every single video is very, very, uh, just in line with what she wants to watch and what she's watched yeah. before. And so um, we've kind of talked about this in the past, like podcast platforms, for example. They're not very intuitive with showing you podcasts that are probably up your alley. But TikTok is so good at showing you the right kind of content that you could just spend hours and, and not stop watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable how well they do it. And I, I think it's very comparable to like how Facebook has implemented Facebook Watch where you can watch one video and then immediately another one will like auto play and it'll mm -hmm. scroll up. It's just, it's an addicting format that just works so well. And it all stems from the, 
the binge watching Netflix. And that's where like, I don't know if, if the listeners, you know, I'll explain this to you, but basically Netflix, one of the reasons that Netflix became so popular is not only pioneering online streaming, but then what they did is they created a system where the autoplay system, that was not in place on any mainstream media platforms before Netflix. They were really the the, the pioneers in that space. And the whole idea that we're just going to play the next episode and we're going to leave it up to the consumer to stop the episode. Before that, it was always up to the consumer to start the next episode, you know? Yeah. So basically, if you're sitting there on your couch and you're watching Netflix and you're like, okay, I'm only going to watch one episode, but then the next one starts playing and you get like three or four minutes in, you're like, oh, well, I can't stop it now, mm-hmm. you know? And next thing you know, you've watched three seasons of Friends on Netflix and it's been a month, you know? <laughs> you know next, yeah. So so it's the same scenario. And you, I mean, YouTube adopted that so quickly with their autoplay system and Facebook has integrated into their app and and the difference is that that autoplay is a feature of Netflix. It's a feature of YouTube. It's a feature of Facebook. But autoplay and TikTok are the same. You know, it is it is the formula of TikTok. You know, yeah, so it's yeah. really just amazing to see somebody take what was originally a a small portion of a platform and create an entire platform around that feature and make it something big, which it works so well. Yeah. And, and now it's become, it's kind of funny because with Netflix, they started doing that. And now it's like Netflix shows you that message after you've watched a few episodes and haven't done anything. Like, are you mm-hmm. still watching? And, and it's like, of course I'm still watching. Like, why, why would you even ask me that? Because it's become such a thing. It's offensive. <laughs> yeah. Binge watching is just like a lifestyle now. And yeah, it totally is. Yeah. And, and it, it just works really well on platforms like TikTok. Um, and, and so like, for me, when I sit there with my wife and she just keeps watching TikTok after TikTok and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. Um, if she gets out of the app and like goes to something else, I'm always like, why? Hey, we, why'd you yeah, stop? We weren't done yet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, moving back to Addison Ray, she's a young TikTok influencer. She's only 19 years old. She's only been on the app for less than a year. Um, but there's some amazing things that she did early on. You know, she she moved to LA to pursue her TikTok career. Once she saw, you know, a hint of success in this, in this, on this platform, her family up and moved from Louisiana to LA to pursue that for her. You know, she joined um, the Hype House Creator Collective in LA, uh, which is just a young, it's basically a young group. I think it's 14 creators and they basically uplift each other. They live together in LA, they help each other out and, um, and they just desire to to grow each other's platforms. And actually in an interview that I saw um, of Addison Rae, she talked about how the hype house is, it's not much, it's not so much about how big your following is. It's more about just uplifting each other, helping each other create content. Everybody grows together. So for instance, most notably, um, Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio and Addison Rae. Those are the three biggest creators from the hype house. And there's other smaller creators who haven't seen as much viral success, but they don't, I, supposedly the way that they talk about it is that they don't, they don't hold that stuff against each other. They more just, Hey, let's, let's just keep on helping out a little, you know, quid pro quo here. And, and, and they just build each other up as a platform as a whole, which is, I mean, that's just like, what a formula, you know, yeah. we've seen that before. We, it's very similar to, um, Jake Paul's Team 10 formula or the Vlog Squad formula where, hey, let's get a few people together and let's all, like, I guess, hold each other accountable and help each other create content together so that we can basically just all as one big unit grow and all see success. Yeah, and like you said earlier, um, when, you, when you're talking about content creation, it's, it's quality content over time equals success. 
And if you have that accountability, that discipline with other people living together in the same place, doing the same thing, I mean, it, it's, it would be kind of hard to fail unless you're, you're just really not good at making content. Yeah, basically, you know, it comes to this, this idea where like, hey, you know, you guys can split the work of, you know, with TikToks, like, hey, if there's 14 of us in a house, if you've ever tried to learn a TikTok dance, you know, it's pretty daunting. Like, it's not an easy thing to do, especially because most often if it's a trendy dance, there's no tutorials on how to do it. You just have to watch this clip that can't be can't be slow mode or rewinded at all, it just goes on repeat. And you just have to try and watch and pick it up move by move. And, you know, if you if you're if it's just you doing that, well, it's pretty hard to get that, get the motivation to do that. But if you have you and 13 other people your age and you're all going to learn the dance at the exact same time and then you're all going to post it, well, all of a sudden one, you know, tough task that might, that might slow you down becomes something that's enjoyable. You already have help doing it because you can all learn different steps of the dance at the same time and then teach each other. And then you've all just from that process have created more content for every individual TikTok page at that point. I mean, it's just, it's, it's everybody helps each other out. And it's this concept where, and I'll, I'll try and, you know, dance around this a little bit, but basically it's this concept that, you know, Hey, it's hard to grow on the internet by yourself, but if we all just combine our forces together, then we can make it happen. It's a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because you see, you know, everybody in the hype house is doing well. They've all grown. They've all had, they've all seen success on platforms. It's a bad thing because if you don't have access or the desire to do something like that, well, you might have a, uh, there might be a greater barrier to entry because you, you know, just can't be part of one of those. Yeah. Another thing that's really interesting too is, I mean, you mentioned that it was July of 2019. So less than a year ago that she started on TikTok and she already got enough success to move all the way to LA and, yeah. and join this, this group, this hype house creator collective. And so it just kind of, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you think about um, you, me, or anyone listening, if somebody is creating content, wouldn't it just be crazy to think about a year from now that you could move to another state and just completely uproot your life for that content? Yeah, to, to change your whole life. It basically seems like the road to success for these people, not for everybody, but for these people is really just about you get a taste of fame through viral stardom and then you just absorb that lifestyle and you run head first into the unknown of what this is and you take full advantage of it. And I, I actually want to get into that, um, but let me just say a couple more things here about uh, Addison. Um, she's known for dancing on TikTok. I've looked at a lot of her TikTok. She's, she like does dancing schools and stuff like that. So she's definitely a trained dancer. Um, she's got a YouTube channel with two and a quarter million subscribers. And just like Charlie D'Amelio, she only has seven videos. <laughs> so yeah. Is that I, I exactly think that how was, many Charlie had when we, uh, ha yeah, when we recorded the episode, I haven't double checked since, but what I think is funny is like, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to belittle her success by saying that, oh, she rides in the, in the you know, shadow of Charlie D'Amelio, but they, they're so, their success is so like one another and you'll, you know, you see why, but it's just, it's amazing, you know? They both did a YouTube collab with James Charles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she did a YouTube. And then she does one to three TikToks per day. And then one thing that I noticed is that her TikToks follow a very chill vibe. She has, you know, maybe um, one dancing TikTok a day, if, if that. But then really, like, the majority of her TikToks are just, like, these chill chatting with the screen. So it's, like, in my mind, I'm like, wow, that's not the stuff that I would see going viral. But it shows that the people who watch her TikToks are actually really there for her, which yeah, is impressive and yeah. it's good. And I saw I saw an article that um, I I 
don't remember where I saw it, so I can't, sorry, I can't reference the source, but um, it said that her engagement rate on Instagram is uh, over 20%, which is extremely high. If you know anything about it, Instagram engagement rates, that's, that's super high. Most people are around, if, if it's a personal account, usually around 10 to 12%. If it's an influencer account, usually they're around like 3 to 5%. So 20% yeah. is like crazy high. Yeah, that's actually really amazing. Like I already, I've already known in the past, you know, Instagram engagement, you know, ratio looking at like 10%, that's an amazing number for a personal account. You know, like that's something that yeah. like my wife and I, we strive for that, you know, can we post a post and get 10% like ratio of our followers? So to hear of 20% for an influencer with 19 million uh, people, you know, that's, you're talking about what, 4 million people are liking her posts out of 19 million. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know all of what goes into that engagement rate statistic. Yeah, cause I it, think yeah. some people measure it differently. So it might be just how many of those followers engage each month. So I don't know if it's every post, but mm. each month it might be. Uh, but still, I mean, that, that engagement rate just goes to show that her, her followers on Instagram, which, which probably means that it's on every platform are very, very engaged with what she is posting and want to, to engage with her. So it's not just like yeah. a bunch of random followers. It's people who are really interested in her. Like another good, another good uh, information that I could throw out to kind of compare and contrast to that is that on um, TikTok, she has about 44 million followers and her average views comes out to be around 20 million views. So about 50% view ratio mm-hmm. on TikTok which I don't know exactly how that stands on the TikTok, on TikTok as a platform, but I know like, you know, if you can, if you're a big, fo- if you're a big um, content creator, like on YouTube and you have multiple millions of subscribers and you're getting 50% consistently on your videos, for the most part, except for a few unique brands, for the most part, that is a really, really good engaging number that you yeah. should be proud of, you know? Yeah, and I haven't looked to see what her engagement rate is on YouTube, but it also is, I mean, with only seven videos, it's, Kind of too early to tell how she's doing on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, because I, I actually did take note of that, and she is getting about as many... She's getting more views on YouTube than she has subscribers, but I don't think that that's something that can be measured well because she's bringing so many unique viewers over from TikTok who aren't necessarily all turning into um, subscribers on YouTube. So mm-hmm. I think that the number is much higher and a little bit diluted than you would be able to anticipate off of a active long-term account. Yeah, definitely. Also, another thing, I mean, you mentioned the video with James Charles, something interesting to note. I mean, we talked about Charlie D'Amelio. She did a, a collab with James Charles as well. And, and we've, we've talked about how we might eventually do an episode on James Charles. So I don't want to go too much into this, but it's kind of interesting to see him doing collabs with all of these kind of people who exploded on TikTok and are now uh, TikTok famous and, and getting into other platforms. And it almost seems like James Charles is just uh, very intentionally, very strategically taking advantage of other people's success, uh, not in yeah. a bad way, but uh, just in a very strategic way, uh, taking advantage of their success on TikTok. So it's I can tell you exactly why, because James Charles has the must have the best talent management team possible. Yeah, seriously, you know, because just the idea. When people on YouTube think of collabing, they're like, "Oh, let me collab with another giant YouTuber." And James Charles is like, let me collab with this giant TikToker. Let me collab with this giant Instagram star. You know, let me collab with this real life celebrity. And James Charles is that YouTuber who is blow, has blown up and created a huge name. You know, um, he is the biggest beauty channel on YouTube. And he, he is, you know, 
just all the success is amazing. You know, getting full full length TV shows from YouTube and stuff like that. It's like you see that that whoever manages James Charles is like crushing it. You know, and yeah. applauds to them. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, for real. And, and so, like, like I said, we we don't need to go too much into James Charles, but um, I just thought that was an interesting thing to note. Is just that there's this virality on on TikTok of people exploding. And there are certain people, James Charles being one of them, that are really taking advantage of that. I don't know if James Charles has a, a large TikTok following or not. I'm sure he has at least a, a good amount, but probably does. Yeah. yeah. But he is definitely taking advantage of other people who are some of the biggest, I mean, in the top five TikTokers out there. So, yeah. So, I mean, thinking about that, thinking about the collaborations and stuff, I want to just speak a little bit on what the strategy of um addison ray has been because one thing that i want to really um dig into is that a lot of people might dismiss this as oh well it's overnight stardom it's viral success you know there's really you can't duplicate that there's not strategy to that and what i want to want to elaborate on is this idea that yes um addison did see viral success and i'll actually let me reference a quote from a 2020 a january in 2020 interview with holly wire this is what Addison Ray about, said about her success. Well, I actually downloaded the app in July, made a post with a friend, and literally out of nowhere, it got 93,000 likes. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I like this. And then she continued on that. And then I supposedly, within the next couple of weeks, she made a um, TikTok, which I've seen the TikTok. It was with her mom dancing to a Mariah Carey song. And Mariah Carey liked that TikTok. So it immediately just pushed her success even further. So obviously she had two strikes of gold right off the beginning. One is that one of her first or earliest posts blew up with 93,000 likes on TikTok. And then number two is that immediately she got some recognition and got to share some clout with a very famous established celebrity. Well, you look at that and you think, okay, well, of course, if I got $93,000 or 90, sorry, 93,000 <laughs> likes, the reason I'm thinking $93,000 is because, you know, the old uh, Trump quote of I got a small loan of a million dollars, you know, imagine <laughs> what I could do with 93,000 likes on one of my first posts. But it's it's actually, it would probably surprise the listeners how often people get the opportunity with viral success like that and just squander it completely. Yeah, you I, know? Was, so, I was about to say that with TikTok. TikTok is the, the biggest platform where you will see people get uh, viral success and then they just flatline. Nothing happens with it. Yeah, all the time I'm scrolling through a For You page and I see somebody with a post that has you know, 153,000 likes, and then I go to their page and they have 2,000 followers. And I'm like, how does that translate? You know, you, you, you want to say, oh, if I, got, if I had 100,000 likes on my post, then I would easily convert that into 100,000 followers or, or even 10,000 followers. But it's surprising how many people don't do a good job doing that. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to mention with Addison Ray is that this, this girl, her family, there is some serious hardcore strategy no, they weren't expecting the success, but they knew what to do. They spoke with the right people. They got in front of the right faces and they made sure that that little taste of viral success stuck around to become long term uh, growth, income, branding platforms. You know, she became a long term influencer, a name that's going to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. And so it does. I mean, there is a luck aspect to it, but you can't completely discount her success and just say it was all luck. Because there's, there's so much more to it than just um, getting lucky with that first post or getting lucky. I mean, some people, some people just post consistently. And, and there's even a strategy behind this. Some people post consistently getting almost no views for, for a year. 
and then something blows up. Yeah. But it takes that consistency, that discipline. And so uh, just discounting it as luck, as, as, oh, she just went viral, that's not really the right way to think about it because you can, while it's not like a scientific do A, B, and C, and then you're going to be successful just like Addison, you can follow some of the, the same steps that people like her do, and there is a possibility of catching a wave. Yeah, and so ultimately, like, one thing that I really want to lean hard into is that, is that Addison's family, they, she, she saw a TikTok success in July of 2019. I don't know if it was early or late July, but it was in July. That's the seventh month of 2019. And by the first month of 2020, so just five months later, they, have, they sign with WME, which is one of the largest talent agencies in the entire world. And let me just paint this picture for you. WME owns Zumba Fitness. They own professional bull riding. <laughs> they, own, they own the Miss Universe pageant series. They own the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is the UFC. They own these things. They parent all of those companies. And Matt, th- when you think of talent, I mean, there's not much more when it comes to talent that you would think of. Obviously, I don't think Zumba has too much to do with like a talent agency. <laughs> I don't know too much about Zumba. Maybe the world of Zumba is a lot deeper than I thought. But professional bull riding, every single professional bull rider is a talent, is a, is a talent that needs to be managed. Every single person in the Miss Universe pageant series is a talent that needs a manager. Every single UFC fighter is a talent that needs a manager. So this is a huge company that is that is not known for managing TikTok stars, but is known for literally managing like a a giant pro, uh, proportion of mainstream celebrities and mainstream media. And she, her family signs with them. And you think, imagine how many um how many uh, talent agencies had reached out to her for her family to make the strategic decision to go with such a, a impressive and accolade um you know ridden or or filled agency to make sure that that whoever they're picking to 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 manage their daughter's brand is going to blow them up. Yeah. Yeah, and and so so there was a lot of strategy behind it. It wasn't just success and now she's famous. It was a matter of I mean, you think about those those 6 months leading up to signing, like you said, there could have been a dozen, there could have been 20, 50 uh, different talent agencies trying to get them, and they're trying to strategically decide which one is the right one for us. Yeah, and they and they obviously they chose the right one, and that because of that, that's that's basically what I think the key to hinging around her success is is, and I think that if you're a listener and you're thinking like, oh well, you know, I'm just going to dismiss this person because they're a viral TikTok star. I think that the key is that they took a taste of viral success and they managed it so incredibly well that now you get, now you see what you get and it's just, it's incredible. And I think that WME as an organization has, has managed her platform so well. So for instance, I think that I had read that every single creator in the hype house is managed by WME. So first of all, they, they most likely were influential in putting together what is known as the hype house now and getting those 14 creators with the likes of Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio all to come together and live in LA and work together and collaborate on projects. So first of all, they did that. Then you're talking about, oh, they get her a YouTube page. They're, they're going to boost her, her Instagram platform and manage it well so she can gain a following of almost 20 million followers on Instagram, which, listen, TikTok followers, it's not just a one-to-one ratio that TikTok followers are going to transfer over to Instagram followers. Like You need some mainstream 
um, notability to, to, to amass Instagram followers from TikTok. And they're and they're mm-hmm. making that happen. They're getting her collabs with James Charles. You know, they're getting her YouTube page started. They're figuring out a formula that works for her. And then ultimately, I mean, at the end of the day, they're really getting her an unbelievable amount of brand deals. And we'll get into that in a second. But uh, it is amazing how how much brand deals she's able to manage on her TikTok platform. Yeah, and so I mean, we we keep driving this in, but I don't I don't think it can be overstated that you yeah. cannot just discount her just because she got famous through virality there there is strategy behind it there there was there there was a method to the success um even yeah. if you can't 100 percent copy it you can do you can kind of study her and figure out some of the things that you can do even if you i mean even if you got a smaller scale of her success but still were successful um uh, following her kind of uh the the strategy the the methodology um you don't need to have 40 whatever million TikTok followers to be successful. You can have a yeah. fraction of that and still, I mean, make a completely successful career out of it. Yeah, you really don't even need close to that. And let me just put a little plug out there. In our last episode with Shivano Dwyer, we talked about how with her Instagram page, only 80,000 followers, which by the way, I'm not going to say that 80,000 followers is not a little amount, but, but with that in the combination, of a of a well of a of a quality um brand management team she's able to create her she's able to to have a you know earn a living off of Instagram and and basically what i think that if you're if you were somebody who wanted to replicate or wanted to be prepared you know it's basically it's like you can't replicate her viral success but you can be prepared if the opportunity comes to you yeah. you know you could be a you can be a consistent creator who is posting daily on TikTok multiple TikToks a day every single day quality content that people are engaging with and then once you have that one take off hey i'm ready i know what ad- i know what agencies i'm reaching out to i know what content i'm going to push i know the first step that i'm going to do and i don't i don't want to necessarily tell i don't want to tell you as a listener to just jump directly on signing with any at or any talent agency because i specifically know that talent agencies are um they're very they're they can be very predatory they can be people who are like hey let's get let's get younger uh smaller platform stars to sign very aggressive contracts that basically we can soak up all their income if they if they blow up and they just do that aggressively and it's very predatory and it's it's a terrible uh, system but if you do your research and you start talking with some talent agencies and you say like, hey, you know, I've got a 5,000 person TikTok following, you know, maybe that's not enough for you yet, but, but let's get in the conversation. Let's get my foot in the door set. If I do grow, I know that you're the, you know, you're the company that I would want to sign with or this or that um, and just figure out, you know, how can you prepare yourself for when the opportunity comes? Yeah. And like you said, so some, some management teams can be uh, toxic to work with, um, or, or straight up, they can be predators. Um, but there are, there are also some management teams that are really helpful. And we talked to to Siobhan about the, uh, in our last episode of, uh, about her management team. We talked, I think it was in our after show, um, which if you go to our Patreon, you can get the after show. And we talked to her about how much she's making and, and how, uh, it, it has been helpful having a management team to, uh, get her on the path of, of, actually getting a significant amount of income through social media. And yeah. so, um, yes, there are some that are bad. There are some that are good. And so it takes research, uh, but you, you 
if you are starting to, like Jacob said, if you are starting to grow, if you are starting to build up a following, you should be looking into them. You should be starting those conversations with management teams. Yeah. And basically, um, at the end of the day, I think that our episode with Siobhan, she really convinced both you and I that, hey, the the root of a talent agency, it's going to be the best route for the majority of people. You know, I mean, we were we were surprised to hear how and, and it's all mentioned in the after show, guys, you get a really good amount of information in our after show. But basically, it's all, all the income that she that she's able to pull in and how that changed between not having a talent agency to having a talent agency that's spoken about in the after show. But basically, we, we've come, you know, we were able to learn that, hey, if you want to grow your platform fast and see some real money from it quickly, then a talent agency is most likely the route for you. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't personally have a talent agency, but I have started to do research just thinking ahead. Um, my wife and I have, uh, for example, on Instagram, we have uh, a little over 12,000 followers right now. And so we're starting to think, I mean, Siobhan, uh, what was it that I don't remember exactly? She said 40,000 followers is when, she, is when she finally reached out, but she definitely encouraged doing it even sooner than that. Yeah. And so uh, we're, not, we're not quite there, my wife and I, but we are at the point where we're starting to, to research it and think through, what about a year from now? Uh, where are we going to be and what should we start doing? And so yeah. we'd encourage you to, I mean, even if you're not there yet, if you feel like it's far, far way before you get there, it still doesn't hurt to do the research and look into it. And set the goals. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just this whole concept of, you know, viral fame shouldn't, I, I just want to, you know, kind of nail down that viral fame shouldn't just be dismissed because it does take effort. It does take skill. It does take um, hard work to turn viral fame into long-term success. And it is something that we should look at and say, you know, it is impressive. It's impressive that Charlie D'Amelio's family is where they are now. It's impressive that Addison Ray has the following that she has now and that her life has changed so much in a year because so many people get the same chance and do nothing with it. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to expect to be the first or the fifth most uh, popular TikToker but you can expect, you can plan for, you can try to be um, successful. I mean, even, even if you get a few thousand or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, you don't need to be in the millions of followers uh, to be successful. And so mm-hmm. just once again, don't discount it. Um, there, there are a lot of things that you can do to work towards that success, even on a viral platform like TikTok. Yeah. And let's talk about, let's get into this, like some of the potential income that she could be making. And and the reason that we share this again, we don't have perfect numbers, especially with TikTok. It's a very unknown platform for how much money people make. It doesn't have uh, any integrated or built in sponsorship uh, tools. But what we know is, is we have some people who have done some market research and we can look towards them and we can kind of take our own personal knowledge and compare it. But ultimately, what, what we're trying to convey to the listeners is not only something that's interesting because, you know, I, as I am somebody who does not make money on TikTok, I'm interested to see how much people make on TikTok, but also to let people know, like, realis- you know realism of, like, why we think and, and ultimately why we started this podcast is to show people, like, listen, being an influencer, being, a, being an online influencer, having a brand for your name, that is a, a very possible, very reasonable um career path in a, in a sense to choose and to shoot for and we really want to encourage people to 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 take that step 
So that's why we get into like how much money people are making, because we want people to have this understanding of how much money should I be expecting to make if I have, if I grow a platform so big. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, there, there sometimes are kind of like negative stigmas around the, the term influencer. Some people think, oh, that's ridiculous. People calling themselves an influencer, um, th- people trying to make money off of social media. Some people just think of it negatively. But it is a career path, and it, it can be a very, very successful career path with a lot mm-hmm. less investment than getting like a, a doctorate in, I, I don't know, whatever you, like if you go to college for eight years and uh, spend however many thousands and thousands of dollars on a college degree, and sometimes it takes decades to pay off that college, whereas sometimes people can make a career on social media and they can make more money than if you had a doctorate. And so it is, it is a potential career and it's not something that you should look down on when somebody says I'm a social media influencer, it, it could be a very lucrative career path. Yeah. Now what about the, what about the doctors who become influencers like Dr. Mike on YouTube? Oh, I mean, <laughs> just combine, combine the potential yeah. incomes of both or, being a doctor or, and social you media. Know, or in our last episode, Siobhan, I mean, she is a, she's a pharmacist, you yeah. know, I mean, that's super impressive, but uh, you know, what you see is that you know she she loves being a pharmacist but her genuine passion is doing the art that she can present on on instagram and and she's been given the opportunity to make a real platform out of that where she can live off of that so yeah that's and, so cool and she talked about potentially eventually wanting to do instagram full-time be a social media yeah. influencer full-time and so you think about that like the the income is there she can make enough money to do that full-time and give up her career Even as currently. a pharmacist yeah yeah so it, exactly it, like and, and that's why we talk about these numbers of what somebody might be making, even if we don't know for sure, um, but kind of a general ballpark, because we're just showing that there is a possibility of doing this as a career. I mean, you can leave a job as a pharmacist, as a doctor, and you could potentially make more money and do something that you love to do. Exactly. So um, looking at some of these things, well, the first number that we need to really understand is that. Um, Addison Ray, she is averaging about 20 million views per TikTok. Now that's our baseline for how many people are seeing her TikTok posts. Um, and then some, some forms of income, like there's one, one form of income that I'm, there's going to be no way to, to know how much she's making off it. She just released merch. Um, that, that obviously that is a form of income. It's probably very profitable for her, but there's literally just no way without personally knowing the numbers of how much she could potentially be making off merch. It's definitely not an insignificant amount, but it's just important to recognize that. Um, so for instance, for her, she's, she's been aggressively sold and marketed by WME. The, her, brand, her marketing or her uh, talent agency, they've done such a good job um, making sure that she has ads running. And I actually checked on this because I know in the last episode, we weren't, we weren't totally aware of how many branded posts some of the content creators were doing. I think the LeBrants we weren't totally aware of. So I decided to look that up. And basically, I found from my own just, you know, looking through her her TikTok posts, that specific sponsored posts with captions linking people back to whoever sponsored it. She had on on um, January, February, March, a- April, sorry, April 30th. <laughs> yeah, I knew I was going to have to do that. On April 30th, she posted a branded post on um, May, f- May 2nd, May 6th, May 8th, May 12th. May 14th and May 16th, she posted branded TikTok posts. So you're seeing like every two to four days, she's putting up a sponsored post. Yeah. 
And, and so I, I did some research too on my own and, and found, so tiktokersbio.com. I mean, it's kind of hard to know where some of the sources are from. They, they claim that all their sources are from very credible, reliable sources. And um, they, they, had, they prefaced their article about uh, Addison. They, they prefaced it saying that we don't really know for sure how much she's making, which is what we've said multiple times on this podcast. It's impossible to know for sure. Um, unless we have an interview like with Siobhan where they're actually telling us this is kind of how much I'm making. But uh, tiktokersbio.com gave kind of some estimates of, of what Addison might be worth, how much she might be making. And so just to, to start off talking about how much her net worth is, they said that it's roughly $4 million. That's her estimated net worth at 19 years old after starting yep. less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. That, that's just insane to me. So, um, <laughs> I mean, $4, $4 million net worth. They, they estimated that she might be making around $350,000 per week or $1,340,000 per month. And that her, and th- this one is interesting, especially with when you're talking about doing sponsor, sponsored TikToks two to four days, every two to four days, uh, $21,000 per sponsored video, per sponsored TikTok. Yeah. And keep in mind that TikTok is, well, first of all, that when I'm looking through, I'm only seeing visually two, every two to four days a sponsored post. That's a post that I can see where she clearly has a product that she's talking about, and then she's referencing it in the description of the video. But there's other ways that she could be doing sponsored posts, such as incorporating products into her video. There were many collaboration posts with smaller creators who I thought maybe to myself, like, hey, maybe those people are paying to be to collaborating with her, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for instance, like using a song for a, for a dance trend that she's trying to create, maybe that, that, maybe that song, that artist is collaborating with her. Maybe their management team is paying for this as a, as a certain advertisement for their new music or something like that. And then of course we know that, you know, we know from Siobhan that Instagram posts sell for a lot of money, you know, and Instagram has a lot better um, advertise, advertisement integration tools where you can click on brand products and you can get to sponsored pages a lot easier. And so we know that, well, Siobhan was doing a lot of money, you know, relatively a lot of money with 80,000 Instagram followers as well. Addison has 19 million Instagram followers, so I can only imagine how yeah. much her branded posts on Instagram are worth. Yeah. So I think that, I think that it's pretty safe to say, because if you do the math, if she's doing about five, let's say she's doing 10, um, posts per month on TikTok that are sponsored, then you're talking about about $200,000, $210,000 from sponsored posts on TikTok. So I think that it's safe to say that with numbers like that, the $1.3 million per month estimate number, that the majority of her money is not coming directly from TikTok sponsored posts. Yeah. And also another thing that's interesting to note is the tiktokersbio.com article was when she had um, I forget the exact number, but she she has grown millions in followers on every single platform, YouTube, yeah. TikTok, Instagram, since that article was written. And so, mm. uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what the percentage, if it's 25% growth since then or 40%, but she has grown millions of followers. And so these numbers might be, I mean, the 4 million net worth might be 6 or 8 million now. It might be yeah. $500,000 per week. We don't really know, but Either way, I mean, th- these numbers are crazy, even, yeah. even if this was written a couple months ago. 
These are so and crazy. even if these even if these numbers are are far out in space and are way off the actual mark, the actual mark is still not small numbers. That's important to recognize. Like if somebody estimates on the high end that you're making one and a quarter million dollars per month, well, on the low end you're not making a thousand dollars per month. You know, on the mm-hmm. low end you're making half a million per month, which is still <laughs> an insane amount of money. Oh man, <laughs> only a half million per month. Yeah, darn. They they were just off the mark. You know, but it's still a crazy amount of money, especially a 19 year old who does TikTok for a living. That's that's pretty awesome money. And that's money that'll set you up. And, and I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, TikTok's gonna die out and and, and their platform's not gonna last forever. It's like, yeah, but you know, they can keep the money in their bank account. Nobody's telling them that they have to spend every cent they're making right now. So yeah, I think and, that, and that's why that she could really be set for life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's why they people like Addison or Charlie are trying to build followings on other platforms as well, because you can't rely on one platform to always be around. I mean, you yeah. look at Vine. Vine was very similar to TikTok, and it died out died out pretty yeah. quickly all of a sudden. It, bur- it burned super fast. It created a huge flame and then just was gone in a second. You yeah. Know? And so, no, maybe they can't live off of TikTok for the rest of their life and have that steady income there, but they're becoming famous in other places. And if, I mean, if a new social media platform is out next month, I'm guessing all these people will be starting to create content in new places as well. And so it, it's not like their, their following is just going to fade away completely. I mean, you can't say what it's going to be in 10 years, but even if they have a couple of years, if Addison has a couple of years of this kind of income, she and her family will be set for life. Yeah, and I'm certain, I am 100% certain that the same people that are smart enough to anticipate the success and, and, and get, on, get a talent agency on their side to grow are definitely going to also have a financial manager who's going to help them manage their money so that it's spent well, invested well, and it mm-hmm. sets them up forever. You know, yeah. they're not, they're definitely smart people. You see that by the fact that they, they went with a talent agency so early on and they utilized that so strategically to grow the platform so fast. So ultimately, to wrap it all up, this is going to be the end of our episode here. But I just want to, I just want to share uh, basically, you know, if you're somebody who's listening and you, you're wondering, you know, how can you how can you really tie all this together? Well, let me let me explain. With with two two episodes now on viral TikTok, young viral TikTokers who have really just exploded and turned it into some seriously mainstream success. Um, you know, viral success, viral fame that can't be duplicated, but it can be worked towards. And some one of the greatest pieces of advice advice that I heard a long time ago when I decided that I want to start pursuing. Um, having a career through internet um, media is that um, you know if you if you're posting a video or you're posting a TikTok once a month, well then you have 12 chances per year for your TikTok to blow up or your or your media to blow up. But if you're posting once per week, you get 52 chances, and you just keep multiplying that. You know these people these these people are posting two to three TikToks a day, which you know you're you're talking about having 150 plus chances a year for their TikToks to pick up. And, and go viral or a day, sorry, a day, you're talking about 900 plus chances a year, over a thousand chances a year for your TikToks to go viral. And so when you set yourself up like that, when you create that, that, that discipline for yourself, you really do give yourself the best chance possible to actually see the viral fame that can come. And even if one of your videos, one of your TikToks from months ago goes viral, now you have, now you're set up in place for, for people to start following you. So it can be worked towards. And it can absolutely be taken advantage of. And you should be, if you're somebody who wants to grow a TikTok platform, you should be anticipating that, hey, 
if and when one of my TikToks gets all over people's For You pages, I need to be ready. I need to be ready to, to bust out new content that's related to that, that's engaging, that's getting people to stay on my page and click through my TikToks and hit my follow button. I'm plugging my Instagram. I'm plugging my, my YouTube. I'm making sure I, I have a talent agency on standby ready to pick me up. You know, all these things are things that can, that can be set up in place for if and when the time comes, you're ready to manage that as best as possible. Yeah. And so key takeaways are uh, be disciplined, be consistent, and be prepared for, for the potential success. Yeah, and for forest fires. <laughs> yeah, Stop, drop, it. and roll. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Now, this isn't the end of the episode, so we're going to end it here on, on the platform that you're listening to, but you are welcome to join us, and we encourage you to join us for our after show. We've got some crazy things we want to talk about, some controversies that happened so far in Addison Ray's career. We want to give some opinions on some of the things like the Hype House and whatnot, our personal opinions and views on that. So come and join us for the after show. It's about 15 minutes. You can you can go to the influencerbreakdown.com and it'll bring you to a link to our Patreon where you can sign up and listen to the after show which comes out weekly and is attached to every single episode that we produce. Um, Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to, make sure that you go ahead and hit subscribe so you can automatically download our episodes every single week. And on Apple Podcasts specifically, if you don't mind, give us a rating, let us know how you feel about it, leave some comments that helps us grow tremendously. Yeah, so we'll see you over in the after show. See you there. (laughs) 